ability is what you are capable of doing. Ability is what you are capable of doing. Motivations determine what you do. Motivations determine what you do. Like one more time. Ability is what you are capable of doing. Motivations determine what you do. And attitudes determine how well you do it. And attitudes determine how well you do it. Put it all together. Ability is what you are capable of doing. Motivations determine what you do. And attitude determines how well you do it. Glory to God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks that each and every one of us, Father God, has ears to hear, Father God, and a heart that receptive for your word. We thank you, Lord, as the word is sown, it will produce in our lives, Father God, a multitude, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Some believe in fate. Some believe in lucky stars. Some believe in destiny. And some believe in the roll of the dice. They're hoping for the best and that any obstacles will vanish. Hoping, wanting, and desiring for mainly good things to happen is a dream for many. Amen. Glory to God. Yet there is a contrast. Seeking for the best that will remove obstacles. It's God's way. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So we have to be willing and obedient to God's word. And then in, De uh, pardon me, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, that's Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it's a long one. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, looking at verse 1 and 2, And it shall come to pass, if thou hearken unto, diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Glory to God. So, what's your point of view? Can you or will you accept what God is presenting before you? Are we willing to do what he called us to do? Uh, you and I are the ones who releases God's power and authority in our lives. That sounds incredible, but God has given us the power and the option to succeed. Amen. Glory to God. And he wants us, he wants to reward us as we progress in his way. So just about like line upon line, precept upon precept, we're, we, we get loaded down with blessings as we follow through on, on what he says. 
In Psalms 103, verse 5, it says, Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like eagles. So what are you speaking out of your mouth? Are you satisfied with what you've got? Hmm, okay. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's back up to the 8th chapter. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8. Looking at verse 18, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth. There you go. He gives us power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. That he may establish his covenant. His covenant's two ways. If we do it right, we are blessed, but then we are to bless others with our blessings. You just can't hold the blessings to yourself. Amen? It's, you can't be like the, the rich man that says, well, my barn is full. I'll build another barn and fill it up. No, he had enough to give away and still be rich. So we need to be blessed to bless others, okay? Uh, so, yes, God wants us to... Be blessed children. Glory to God. For every good and perfect will, gift comes from the Lord. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. It's an established fact. He wants to bless you. Well, you know, you just accidentally got... No, he wants you to be blessed. So if you'll turn to the New Testament, we want to go all the way back to first. Peter, that's 1 Peter chapter 1. And 1 Peter chapter 1. Looking at verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Glory to God. The seed is within you. The seeds of his nature, God's nature, is in you. We must be fully persuaded, glory to God, that God is for us and is with us. In Proverbs chapter 29, look, looking at verse 18, uh, we've seen that one before. So Proverbs 29, 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. So we need to have a vision. We need to have a vision. But he that keepeth the law is happy. Without, without a vision, we perish. What would you attempt to do right now if you knew nothing was impossible to you? What would you attempt to do if you knew nothing was impossible to you? Well, that's a heavy one. So we're going to look at a few elements uh, that, and, that combine, when combined, brings about your desires. Okay? First, know that you must respect. Pardon me. Know that what you respect, you will attract. That what you respect, you will attract. If you want friends, begin showing respect to people, and you'll have friends. 
Are you desiring good health? Then you must start respecting your body. Uh-oh. Establish good habits to respect your body. Exercise in a balanced diet will help you out. This is worth your time and your effort because your whole entire being will come alive again. Oh, glory to God, I've got to come alive. Do you wish to have greater finances? Wise? Or the wise use uh, what God has given them already. The wise will use what God has given them already. But some people, God has given them good jobs and great pay, but they foolishly go into debt. You may know a few people, those people. It's not wise, nor is it having respect to have God's blessings upon you and go into debt. Oh, so they, that individual blamed God. Well, you know, he, he could have did better, and they cry out for God. That's not what you want to do. You want to respect what, you, what he gives you and use it wisely. Then it, then it is multiplied to you. Glory to God. Uh, turning with me to Matthew chapter 25. That's Matthew chapter 25. Glory to God. In Matthew 25. Looking at verse 1 and 2. Matthew 25, verses 1 and 2. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Ah, so Jesus here teaches that who you, what you respect and how you approach it, you will be given more. Amen? We must respect what you want to come towards you. You must respect what you want that comes towards you. Um, what you don't appreciate, you will eventually lose. These five unwise virgins were not respecting what they had, so they lost it all. So respect is a secret for long-lasting associations in any area. Second thing we need to do with respect, you have to have desire. Desire leads to the rewards of success. Desire leads to the rewards of success. One will rarely reach what they need. One will rarely reach for, I should say, what they, they need. But they'll always reach for that which they desire. Desire creates far more uh, motivation than our needs. All your needs are met, but you desire something else. So how can you tell if you have a strong desire? The proof of your desire is pursuing it. Are you pursuing that which you, you're believing for? Your desire will always go the extra mile. You'll push a little bit harder. 
you'll reach a little bit further and you'll pray a lot longer. Psalms 37, verse 4 reads, we've looked at these before, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give the desires of thy heart. So we need to delight ourselves in the Lord. There's that respect going forth. And Mark eleven twenty four, that familiar passage, what, the, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. God has planted within each and every one of us a desire for good things. Each and every one of us. But uh, we have to consecrate ourselves or concentrate ourselves on nurturing that growth of those desires in us. Now, how can you feed your desires? One, visualize, 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 I can't get the words out. Visualize it, okay? Have a mental picture of what you want to receive from God. You will never accomplish a vision without having a burning desire for it. And you have to feed it daily, or it's going to die. Visualization will fuel the fires of desire and encourage you to build up your faith. So when you visualize things, your faith builds up. Hope stretches forth, forth also. Two, associations. Uh, it's, ex it's exceedingly important that you have the right friends in this area. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But the companion of fools shall be destroyed. So we need to be, have positive people around us. If you get a choice, pick positive people around you. They're great thinkers. If need be, read. If you can't find somebody, to read people that uh, succeed, succeeded or, or listen to CDs. I would say taste, but it's CDs nowadays. Who have great achievements. We have to learn their spiritual values, glory to God, to attain the victories that we want. So as we hear what they do, we, we, you can pick up some of their spiritual values. And uh, success will finally come because you're taking them. And uh, three, concent to concentrate. Concentrate. In, any, in other words, um, focus, focus, focus on completing one goal at a time. Amen. You know, Sometimes we have a list, and uh, you want to do it all together, and it just doesn't work that way. Focus on one thing, and accomplish it, and then move to the next. Yeah. Start with the easiest and go forward. You start with the hardest, and you fail. You don't want to go back to the, the... So start with the easiest, and then move forward. One step at a time. Glory to God. Your desires deserve your undivided attention, so focus, focus, focus on your desire. Uh, 
Go to the book of Genesis. You should have read that by now, I hope. Genesis chapter 13. Glory to God. In Genesis chapter 13. With respect and desire, you have to use your imagination. With respect and desire, you have to use your imagination. God has given us, each one of us, this incredible gift. You imagine something. What did you imagine this past week? If you didn't put it to work, you're losing out. You need to imagine something about your goal. God's, uh, your imagination is the workshop of your mind. Your imagination is the workshop of your mind. You can dream, design, and determine what you want to happen. Okay. Your memory recalls pictures of the past, but your imagination creates and pre-plays pictures of things you wish to happen. So if you found uh, Genesis chapter 13, oh my gosh, I blew it again. Let's see what it got. Let's see, 26. Oh. Well, it's where God speaks to, to uh, Abraham and says, I'm going to make you uh, um, father of many nations and Lord says, look up to the stars. He sees all the stars and look, look at the, the sand at your feet. You'll have all those. So all of a sudden, Abraham had to imagine, wow, all those stars are my descendants. The sand on the, before my feet is all my descendants. He had to use that imagination. Chapter 12. There you go. Thank you. Oh, I don't know how I got that messed up. Okay. Verse 2. 12. Okay. Abraham used his imagination. We have to use our imagination. David had to use his imagination when he faced Goliath. He saw Goliath standing there. I think I'm going to run with the rest of them. I'm going to hide behind that rock. I'm going to get, behind, get in the bushes. No. He says, wait a minute. I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion. And a bear and a lion just tear that person up. I can do the job. So he had to use his imagination. You're an overgrown bear or you're a, and you're a weak lion. I'm killing you. He had to use his lion, uh, mind. In fact, he's calling those things, they called Abraham and David, call those things that be not as though they were. Abraham saw the, the stars, they're my, my children. David saw the opportunity to kill, slay the giant. He did. He spoke those things that be not as though they were. You'll find that in Romans chapter 4, I think it's verse 16. 
Okay. Goal setting is also vitally important. You must know what you want before you use your creative faith. So go to the book of Luke, chapter 14. That's Mark, Luke 14. Oh boy. Luke 14, verse 28. For which of you intending, verse, verse 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he be have sufficient to finish it? In other words, we got a, there's a complete plan there. So with your goal, write it down. It's a way of measuring what you got to do, because you can see it. It's a blueprint. God loves a planner. You will never change your location until you determine your destination. You will never change your location until you determine your destination. And Luke chapter 18. Couple of chapters over. In verse 35, or that last part of that, we find blind Bartimaeus. He knew what he wanted, his desire was to see. Every day when he woke up, I am going to see. I am going to see. I am going to see. Or not, someday I'm going to see. I'm going to see. And when he heard of Jesus, that the miracles he did, he says, I'm going to meet Jesus, and I'm going to see. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blind Bartimaeus knew what he wanted. He wanted to see. Winners are those who keep on trying, even though they fail. Well, Jesus went to the other town. What? What? I got it. Where's the other town at? Show me. Direct me. Amen. You must know what you want for God to grant it. Amen. Establish your goals. Discern God's plans that you may attain or accomplish it. And step out boldly with faith. Okay, I'm going to bring this a little bit into today's context. Um, we have a president, President Trump. This man has a lot of imagination. Look at what he's accomplished in three years. He had goal settings. Some of them, one of his slogans is promises made, promises kept. Well, one of the promises is, is still going on. It's the wall. It's being built. Glory to God. So he weighed out the cost. 
And he had to rely upon God's anointing in his office to bring about the blessings to this country because he loves this country and he loves the people here. So he knows that God's going to open the avenues for success. Uh, what really uh, brings havoc uh, to our desire is our unwillingness, our disobedience. Uh, God never gives you additional information beyond your last act of disobedience. You have to go back there and clean up where you, where you messed up because you can't go forward. You just run in a rut if you don't get out of it. You cannot progress beyond your last act of disobedience. So take first one, uh, first John 1 John 1.9, remove that uh, rebellion or whatever it was, go back to what he told you to do, and do it. When you obey God, he blesses and rewards the work of your hands or our hands. God will not promote you according to your IQ. Well, that leaves a few of us out. <laughs> he will not promote you because of your age. He will not promote you because of your ability either. God promotes and rewards you according to your obedience to his word. Amen. Now, we're going to go into a little bit different. Mill millions are robbed because they are defiant and stubborn and rebellious to God's word or what God has told them. God cannot commit, commit himself to bring success to them. They are rebels. Go to the book of Deuteronomy once again. In Deuteronomy, we will find the 28th chapter. That's Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because thou hast not hearkened unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. So you've got to follow through on what God's word is, otherwise the curse is going to follow you. I'd rather have... Be, be obedient and have the, the blessing come on me than uh, be disobedient and have the curse follow you around. He said, why is this happening to me? Well, start thinking. Faith has the ability to draw God's favor and his intentions on you. Faith. Are you using your faith? Faith has the ability to draw God's favor and attention towards you. Faith is what drives the ordinary man to accomplish the extraordinary. Faith is what turns common men into uncommon achievers. Faith focuses their believing towards their desires. Okay? Faith is a real faith is the real difference between champions and losers. It transform, faith transforms you from a contender to a champion. Wow. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's go there. In Hebrews chapter 1. We'll have to look at a few verses in this 
In Hebrews chapter 1, Let's start with verse 1. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. All right. Drop down to 13. But to which of the angels he said, Any time sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. There's a champion. If you follow through on God's word, okay? Faith is the incorruptible seed, according to uh, 2 Peter. Incorruptible seed that's planted in your spirit. So faith, you have a faith. It's incorruptible. It's not going to die on you, but you can let it be dormant. There's a lot of Christians that have dormant faith. They don't use it for anything. I wish, I hope... I'm asking, no, you got to have faith. It can't be dormant. Your faith cannot be dormant. The largest mountains, according to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, the largest mountains will fall to a grain of mustard seed. If you have a grain, see, faith is a grain of mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be removed. So a, a grain of mountains, a grain of mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed, can remove a mountain. Some of us need to get going with our seed. We need, we, all of us have that seed. Amen. Romans 12, 2 says, we have been given that seed. Oh, glory to Romans 12, uh, 3. We've been given that seed. What are you doing with it? You know, we don't have too many uh, Dairy farms around here, but uh, they take the seed for their alfalfa and they scatter it so that when they water it, it grows. They have food for the cattle. Okay. God has given you seed to grow whatever you want. But you know where that seed is? You keep it locked up. It, the seed has to be planted. That means you've got to start speaking that word. Speak this word, that seed, into whatever ground you want to produce for you. And continue to speak to it. Call those things that be not as though they were. were. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Miracles just don't happen when they are needed. It happens when they are wanted. Again, blind Bartimaeus wanted to see. The ten lepers cried out to Jesus. Heal us, heal us. They got their cleansing. And one came back and got, uh, thanked the Lord for it and then he was completely healed. I mean, he was completely restored. His body was restored. No, no signs of missing parts. The other ones were cleansed, but they got, had missing parts. Remember the little uh, woman at the well? No, this is a different. One. The Sife, Sife uh, woman with the, the daughter that was vexed. And uh, she asked the Lord, okay, you know, Lord, I got a daughter. And he says, I, 
I have not come but for the, the children of Israel. But she said, even the, even the dogs receive crumbs. Call me whatever you want, but give me the one crumb to bring healing. One crumb, one little seed brought healing. Boy, well, that's faith. Moving out, not accept. Even Jesus, I don't come for you people. I came for the, the house of Israel. She said, but, but, but. I have a daughter that has a need, and you can meet it. Just give me one crumb. Healing. Wow. You and I have that seed within us. It's incorruptible. It will work every time you plant it. Glory to God. Jesus did not always go where he was needed, but where he was wanted. Jairus and his daughter. He was walking, going someplace else, and the servant came from Jairus' home. He says, my master is in need of you. And Jesus says, well, okay, let's go. Just ask him. Just ask. Believe, and he'll go with you. Amen. Glory to God. But something happened. Somebody else walked into the picture. Oh, Lord, you can't go there yet? The centurion, who's a good, good man, his, his slave is sickly. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go there. So we have a detour. <laughs> Sometimes when you're asking something and it's, there's a need there, or not a need but a desire, and somebody has a, a stronger desire or a bigger need, I'm going to have to go over here first. Because I know you got faith. You've got to have patience. This individual, they're dying. You're not dying, but this one is. I've got to meet that need. Then, after he did that, after he healed that, you know, he said, the centurion said, don't, don't even come, bother to come to my house. Just speak the word. Wow. So he spoke the word, and the servant was healed. Then, then, then he says, okay, let's go to Jairus' home. Well, they just sent a message. You don't need to come now. She's dead. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let's go. I'll meet your need. You got to keep your faith out there. Even when things look dead, gone, buried. That's right. <laughs> call upon the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. He told him, speak the word. One, one, said, one individual said, speak the word only and my son will be healed. He's tormented by the devil. And Jesus said, okay, but didn't the disciples go and speak to that boy? Yeah, but they didn't do a good job. 
is not going. I'll speak the word. And it takes place. You have the, we have the incorruptible word in us. We just have to come alive to it. Glory to God. As a believer, we already contain the power of God within us, according to John chapter 7, verse 38. Consistently picture the rewards of your desire. And as you consistently look at the rewards, your faith will become joyful, enthusi and have enthusiasm. In Romans chapter 4, verses uh, 8 through 21, Abraham, again, pictured his children. And Joseph, in Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 through 9, Joseph saw himself in not in prison any longer, but in the palace. Amen. Yeah, but you're, you're, you, you've got rags on. You're in jail. But the, what did Joseph say? I'm not going to be here. My God will not let me down. Right. Man has let me down for three years. I've been stuck in this prison for three years. But finally, man woke up and told, told Pharaoh about it. And Pharaoh brought Joseph there and he says, Wow, you had such a great, you interpret my dream. Who, who can we find to, to fulfill that dream? He said, Since you had the, the interpretation, you know how to do it. You're in charge. You will be in charge, second only to me. Think about it. You're in charge. You're the general. But I will do anything you tell me to do because you know how to do it. <laughs> wow. Okay. The final, final element that these elements we've been putting together final element that we need to do is giving seed. Faith seed is planting with expectations for a special harvest of faith seed. Faith seed is giving away of something you have to create something you don't have. Faith seed is giving away something you have to create something you don't have. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, the widow needing help. They were going to die. They only had, she had a, enough meal for one meal and everything else is going to be over. You know, we're going to eat this and we're going to die. Well, the prophet says, well, if you're going to die, give me, give me the meal and I'll, I'll do something with it. <laughs> Feed me first before you die. Boy, are you something. You know what people would say today? Throw that guy, throw that prophet in jail. He is terrible. But she says, well, since I'm going to die and, and you're in good health here, take it. So he, he had the meal. And then he says, go ahead and look into the little, your potted pot of your flour meal. <gasps> it's there. She made another meal for her and her son. 
And every day, at every meal, they had something to eat. So, glory to God. Why? Because they followed through on the word. We need to follow through on the word. Not just say, well, well I don't know. How is, how is the meal going to be reproduced in its canister? What about the cruise of oil? Well, that's, you know, this is going to run out. There's hardly anything there. If she would have said that, but she went, she went back to the, the, the canister, the flour can there, and then and the cruise. Man, it's, it's up there again. I can make a meal for myself and my son, and we can eat, we can eat good now. Glory to God. Okay. That of giving. Malachi 3.10. You know what that is. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. We're going to see something else here. That 3M section of your Bible. Malachi chapter 3. <coughs> Verse 10. Bring ye, for, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing that there shall be no room enough to receive it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Tithing is an act of obedience. And the offering is a dimension beyond tithing. Okay? Tithing, in tithing and offering, God boldly states that he will pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And, going in verse 11, I, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So, and he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, that it shall not destroy thy fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast its fruit there before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. Amen. Now, here's a common mistake a lot of Christians do. They say they are giving an offering. I'm going to give an offering. But they, they haven't, uh, you can't give an offering until you, you tithe first. A lot of people say, I'm giving an offering. No, you've robbed God of a tithe, so you've got to pay the tithe before you get an offering. And the offering brings forth the opening blessings. Wow. It would be like saying, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not born again. It's not going to work. You've got to be born again before you get to heaven. Okay. Giving an offering is an attitude of giving thanks. Giving an offering is an attitude of giving thanks. I'm replanting seeds towards tomorrow's harvest because of the tithe. I am planting seeds towards tomorrow's harvest because of the tithe. That's an offering. Now, if, if one is fulfilling Malachi 3, 10, and 11, and things are not going as well as it should be, it's time to call upon God. He wrote it there, in black and white. He says, I will pour out a blessing upon you. If you're doing your tithes and offerings, you should be having blessings pour upon us, all right? So, it's time, if, you're, if it's not happening, it's time to call upon God. He, he's the one who said, let us reason together. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Let us reason together. God expects 
us to be mindful of our covenant rights. He wants you to know that you know the covenant rights that belong to you. Okay? You follow me? That he would rebu rebuke the devourer for our sakes. So God, I've given my tithes and offerings. I'm up to date and I'm giving offerings. And I'm not being blessed like, like your word says. Something's off. He says, let's talk about it. Let us reason together. So in Hebrews chapter 4.16, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Well, Lord, you said this is going to take place. Blessings will overtake me. I need to see, see the proof. You, said, you spoke in your word. Now, you can do that with God if you're, up on, if you're doing all what you're supposed to be doing. And you can say, okay, Lord, there's an area I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being blessed. Why? Remove it. And then, that, then expect God's blessings to overtake you. Prepare for a great outpouring of God's covenant blessings because you're falling through on what he said. He wants to know that you know that what, what is saying in his word. He wants you to be confident that what you read in his word, he will do. And sometimes he's, he'll say, okay, just withhold those blessings. Are they going to come to me and let us talk together? I'm a man of my word, but I want to make sure that you know what, what you're doing. I want, I want you to be blessed, all right? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, quiz time. We are there. The question was, what was Aaron doing while Moses was up on the mount with God? That was, you found that in Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 and following. What was, what was Aaron doing? He's making a cow. <laughs> and, and when Moses came down, he, he had a cow. <laughs> What's going on here? In other words, Moses was in the presence of God up on the mount, while Aaron and the people were at the bottom of the mount, bowing at the foot of Satan. Admiring the creation of a golden calf as their god with impure dancing and singing around it. I said, well, how, what about, what's the impure dancing and singing? Does anybody know? Can anybody question it? Go to, this is going to go along with this. Go, go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, you're going to find out what happened. What Sometimes you have to look elsewhere to find out what was going on. It just said that they were having a, a time, but you need to find out what kind of a time they were having. So it's 1 Corinthians we want to look at. Chapter 10. Verse 6. Let's begin with verse 6. 1 Corinthians uh, 
10.6. We're going to find out what happened at, at, at the foot of the mountain. Now these things were examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Okay, they, were, they, were, they liked that cow. Okay. Neither should you be idolaters, there's that cow again, as some were, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, drink, and to, ro ro to rose up and play. Um, where is it? Verse 8, neither let, uh, committed, uh, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 3,000. 3, In other words, it, they were, let me see if it might be better. Verse, verse 8, looking at the Amplified. We must not gratify evil desires and indulge in immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. They were having um, what we call an orgy. They were having a time. It didn't say that in Exodus, but that's what, what was taking place. Before their God, the cow. Okay. Israel, Israel and Aaron... Wanted a God they can see. Wow, Moses up there, I don't see him at all. He's been up there a long time. The calf was a copy of the, of the uh, God for the Egyptians. A calf was a God for the Egyptians. They, uh, the Egyptians offered it sacrifices and worshipped it. Because, listen to this, they worshipped the calf because it, it was a generator and giver of life. They believe that that golden calf was a generator and giver of life. Who, who's the only one that gives life? God. But see, they, they, they're... So Aaron and, and Israel adopted the calf of the Egyptians as their God. Didn't Aaron say to the people after he formed it, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. Wow. That is right. Aaron associated idolatry with God. Everything that was done by Aaron came under the covering of religion. It was a religion. That there is good in all religions because they brought the cow in and provided a worship that appeared, appealed to man's dark side. And they, we find out 23,000 died because of it. Oh, okay. That same deception, de, that same de deceptive attitude is becoming prevalent in these last days in the church. Today you can go to churches across America and you find them mixing Muslim religion and Christian. Chrislam. We need to be wise, just like Acts chapter 17, 11 says. They sought, or they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were or so. So we need to, just because somebody says it from a pulpit or on the TV and they've got a great big uh, following, doesn't mean it's, it's true. You better search it out of the scriptures. Um, James chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Do not err, my brethren, beloved brethren. 
Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments or the elements of the world, and not after Christ. You have to be careful what you listen to. You know, I mean, once in a while, you know, there's a mistake made, but if they continue to make mistakes or they build upon that mistake, watch out. Okay. Oh, and also, Aaron was made priest at the very beginning uh, of Israel. But because of this breakdown for, for Aaron and his sons, you, you read, as you read, a lot of things happened. They did, did wrong. The priesthood was taken away after Aaron after a while, and the Levites became in charge. And that's why you have the Levites in charge. How about that? Okay. New quiz. Jacob had two wives. This should be easy for you. What were their names? And what were their children's names? The two wives. Now, I'm not talking about the concubines now. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the, the place you look at. You're going to have to find it this time. <laughs> the book of Genesis, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Jacob had two wives. What were their names and how many children did each have. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. I see you're still writing, so I'm going to... And if you're looking for a title, not by accident. Not by accident. This is... The blessings come by on purpose, not by accident. Okay, let's all stand. Glory to God. And uh, this Wednesday, we are, uh, those of us in school, I'm, I'm suggesting that if you're not coming on Wednesday, I mean, I know some of you are working on uh, that type of stuff, but we are, we are just starting the book called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. If you get an opportunity, get it because it is an excellent book on healing and uh, strength. So, And then at the end of the week, on the 22nd, at 5 p.m., you, you don't have to fast. We'll be going to a Japanese restaurant if it's open that time. Okay. Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we have gained a greater understanding of where we need to be, Father God, and how to apply your word to bring us into that perfect union with you. The covenant blessings to fall upon us, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that, that your word says that we can speak to you, reason with you, come boldly before your throne of grace, Father God. We rejoice, Father God, that you give us an opportunity to speak to you, Father God, boldly, Father God, to learn, Father God, how to operate in our lives better. In Jesus' name, amen.